Welcome to the Frakes on Film podcast. I am your host, Ryan Frakes. In this podcast, me and a guest will have a little chat. Then we will sit down and watch a movie we've both been recommended many a times by viewers like yourselves. We will watch the film, discuss it, and decide whether or not you should still be recommending it. If you're interested in any of the movies on the show today, you can find them over at Movie Madness on Southeast Belmont Street in Portland, Oregon. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's start the show. All right, on this episode of Freaks on Film, I'm very excited. Uh, we've been talking about doing this for a while now. Uh, a guest on the show has another podcast. It's the Mike, Mike, and Oscar podcast. Uh, Mike, Mike, and Oscar, they've been doing this for about two years now, and uh, they're coming up on around 300 episodes or so. Very fun podcast, great to listen to. Uh, if you are in love with film or you just want a good podcast to check out, I highly recommend it. Uh, it's not something that you need to listen to every time or follow every episode. Uh, every episode's brand new, easy to follow. Uh, once again, very excited to have also Mike on the show, which is Mike too. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Ryan. I, I really appreciate it and uh, love your show as well. And actually, it's 400 episodes because we... Is it 400? We've, we've only numbered like 260-something. I forget where it is now. And we have all these other like, spin-off episodes, see if they catch fire or whatever. But yeah, we've got all <laughs> these different series. It's It's been a blast. And uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, we're going to talk a, a strange so guys, film today. So I'm, I'm oh, into it. We're going to talk a very strange film today. Uh, <laughs> so... You guys just decided uh, halfway through to start numbering them, or did you guys kind of like go, oh, shit, you're supposed to we number these our, podcast episodes? We have our big episodes, and then we started doing like half-isodes for a while, where we did like our best original song series, and then we we also did like these 20-minute episodes. We were playing around with the format, and then we started doing weekly uh, shows. So we'd done MMO Weekly. That was just like covering all movie news, just a, like a variety show. And then we that was popular. So we started uh, Oscar Race Checkpoint, which is like an award season version of that. And uh, we've been having a blast with those. And yeah, we don't number those necessarily. So they, they've just been filling up the uh, the, uh, the, the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the sound cloud so this is This is what I'm talking about to the people that are listening at home, okay? I do this podcast. It's <laughs> brand new to me. I look to you guys for your guidance and your help <laughs> because... I mean, you guys are putting out four podcasts a week. Yeah, it's four three podcasts four. a week. Yeah. It, it's Man, a lot. It's, but it's just impressive. Thank God, Mike One does all the editing because I, I can't do that. I used to, you know, do short films, and I, I can't imagine the the, the agony uh, that he must uh, deal with. But he he's a lawyer, so he's like used to dealing with benign shit, like just reading whatever they have to read as lawyers. I don't know what lawyers do, but whatever he's got to do, he's got like this endurance. <laughs> I just knew, yeah. They, they get they get paid a lot of money. That's what I know. He's got generally, this, yeah. He's know. got this endurance to like put up with benign shit, and thank God for it because otherwise we would not have as uh, you know the output we do. So you and you and Mike, you guys have both been what buddies forever. How how did this whole podcast thing come about? You guys must both love film and you know so I th- be think somewhat it was close. After- yeah, it was after the Moonlight uh, debacle at the Oscars that I got a text from Mike. He was my brother's college roommate. So he was uh, uh, my brother's best friend in college. And uh, I knew him just, you know, going to Halloween parties at, at UConn, uh, University of Connecticut, uh, where they went. 
and, you know, visiting once in a while and then, you know, hanging out, you know, after graduation and whatnot here and there. And yeah, I mean, he, he texted me one day. He's like, you want to do an Oscar podcast? And we were like all jazzed up. We, we've been following it for years. I've been, I, I've been a crazed cinephile. That comes off sounding weird, right? They got to come up with a new name for that. <laughs> I Sound, know, man. I know. Uh, I actually kind of like it, you know? Well, anyway... Like- you you like it? I, it makes me feel more bad than I actually. I am. don't like any word <laughs> you know? that ends in file. Anything file? No, yeah. nothing file. But <laughs> I, I'm really I was really excited that Mike came up with the idea. I was into a lot of podcasts, and I, I always wanted to join like the college radio station. And at this point, I was like almost you know wanting to like start to you know, starting to talk to myself in the car and stuff because I have to commute a lot for work and uh, I still do. So I listen to a lot of shows, but I like, I, I want to do my own monologues at, at, at this point two years ago. And, and luckily Mike asked me at like the perfect time and it was the perfect subject matter because I love the, I love the Oscars, but I love movies more than that. So the Oscars are just a way to like frame the movie year. I mean, we cover movies year round and we build it all up to the Academy Awards, but it's really just a way to celebrate movies. And we do all kinds of rewatch series. We did Halloween, we did Mission Impossibles, we've done Tarantino, all that stuff. I mean, we live for that stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, me and you talked yesterday. Uh, You know, my podcast is totally different because, you know, I'm pulling films that people have told you to watch tons of times before, but you never actually sat down to do because we got to watch what right now I'm trying to do this podcast, watch all these old movies. But I'm also (laughs) trying to, you know, catch up with the Oscar stuff that's going on right now, too. Sure. But, you know, it's. Like we talked about yesterday, the Oscar thing for me has just gotten to the point where it's like, for me, the best picture never actually wins when never. I feel like I've seen so much film and I know film well enough that I'm like, no, this is bullshit. You know, <laughs> where where in earlier you were talking about Moonlight, I was sitting at a, I work at a, a two movie theaters right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember sitting there watching the Oscars on my cell phone and I was going to be so pissed if Moonlight didn't win because it deserved it. It sure. totally deserved it. So when that when the mess up happened, I turned off my phone and I kept getting a bunch of texts from my girlfriend. She's like, "No, turn it back on, turn it back on." You know, it's like when you turn off a sports game too early, and then you yeah. find out the next day that you know your team actually pulled it off with the hail mary. So. <laughs> you turned it off way too early, and you poor bastard, you had to work on Oscar night. That sucks. Oh, I know, I know, man. <laughs> but that, you know. that's like the loneliest place in America: working at a movie theater on Oscar night. Oh, I know. But at least, you know, at least I have like a phone and I can, I can watch it there, sure, which sure. I found nice. Okay. So I, I actually enjoy it a ton, man. Being at the cinema is fantastic. Oh, good. Are, are you able to, I've always been curious. Are you able to like watch movies on the job? I mean, is that part of it? It, nah, it really depends on, really depends on the theater and mm-hmm. what's playing. You know, if something's slow, sure. The weird thing is like you saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, so yes. I work at a I work at an old theater um, in Portland here, and we had it run thirty five millimeter for like ten years, but we actually got our hands on a print. And so Nick, the guy running the theater, he put together all the thirty five millimeter projection stuff back, and uh, basically I sat in the booth every now and then, and I still haven't seen that movie from front for like from front to back. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen it in thirty minute segments, all in different pieces. Which my buddy Matt is just like, he's giving me tons of shit for because he says I have to actually watch it from start to finish even though I've yeah, seen the do whole it. thing. Do you it. Know? It's on uh, VOD I right now. I, I just bought it. I watched it a couple nights ago. Uh, it's we, on we, Blu-ray? We, yeah, Today? it's on Blu-ray. Uh, yes, yesterday. Yesterday. yesterday yeah. We're recording this on a Wednesday. So it was, yeah, t- Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. 
It's so. uh, it's it's really fun. Uh, it's a it's one of those movies that uh, it's both addicting and it kind of uh, packs a wallop. And I, I really love movies like that that I want to keep rewatching, that I want to hang out in and live in. And yeah, Mike and I did our Tarantino series rewatch, uh, building up to that. That we did two episodes on that. It's somewhere in the four hundred episodes. Some are numbered, some are not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you have to fi- scroll through to find it. We're going to get a website someday, but we're too busy cranking out four a week. Yeah, I noticed that the other day. I was looking through. I was trying to find some stuff for the intro, and I realized you guys don't have a website. We are but idiots. We, we you guys. Well, it's not like you're idiots. It's like I'm already get so confused by you know when we're trying to set up this podcast. It's Mike, Mike, and Oscar. For one, there's no Oscar besides the actual Oscars. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, there's two mics, million. and you're like. Person to I'm make like, that which joke, yeah. damn mic am I talking to? Because we're just talking over <laughs> text and stuff, you know? I'm like, okay, wait, which mic are you? Because <laughs> the other you know? mic is sick. He's got bronchitis now. I think he's just got his voice back today. So we're going to record oh, tomorrow. But this is like the longest break we've had in a long time. It's been three days since we've recorded together. I, I just, I'm going to go, I'm going to have to hug him or something when I see him because I, I haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> you're having, you're having podcast withdrawals, man. <laughs> exactly. It's uh, actually, it's a blast, man. I'm glad I really took this took it up and it, you just have so much fun talking with people you know oh i love it and uh, especially totally on such an easy subject like this for people like us cinephiles i <laughs> cinephiles files like yeah. us yes we would do this anyway we really i mean i would do this anyway after a movie at the coffee house or the the bar or whatever and 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 this is this is my life before i started recording it so i'm, I'm with you yeah no it's, it's a plus it's kind of like I've always worked, I have a day job, but I've always worked in theaters for like, what, the past 11 years now? Hmm. And it's just like, you know, you get to you get to talk to people about movies, whether they you like them, they don't like them, they do like them, you know? It's just cool. It's always a good environment to hmm. be able to chat about it constantly with people, you know? I thought that one of the funnier things was actually this guy came in for uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm-hmm. uh, to watch it on film, you know? And he came in and after everybody was seated, it was a sold out house. He comes back out about 10 minutes later, maybe hmm. 20 minutes, and he goes, hey, can you believe it? These dumbasses behind me in line think this movie's new. And I was like, <laughs> what? He's like, yeah, the people behind me in line when I was getting concessions thought this movie was brand new. I was like, it is new. It just came out yesterday. He's like, what? Brad Pitt looks that good still? <laughs> I was like. Defying the gods, Dude, Brad Pitt. Yes. It's it, it's. It's kind of trippy, man. It's the it's a whole Hollywood game. And and once upon a time in Hollywood, I mean, if you told me, you know, ten years from now that that movie came out twenty years ago, I would believe you if I didn't know anything about it because it really is a movie that could come out whenever, and yet it has all these in depth. Uh, oh yeah, things about the times in it. But uh, I I'm a I'm a big fan of it. I'm rooting for it come Oscar Sunday. I have no idea if it's going to win. Uh, so don't ask me my best picture pick or anything like that. You know, no oh clue. no 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 way. <laughs> so. While we're on the topic, um, I brought up, you know, I haven't, I don't want to judge too much stuff off the, you know, off the (laughs) bat because it's Golden Globes just got announced, but I haven't seen everything. So I'm not going to be too picky about snubs, but uh, Mm -hmm. who did you think was uh, some of the biggest snubs or surprises you saw? So uh, Ford Ford versus Ferrari, that was rated higher than the two popes on most people's list that got in in uh, best drama. You know, Todd Phillips and director over Greta Gerwig was pretty surprising. And then no Lupita Nyong'o 
in uh, Best Actress, either of the Best Actress categories. I forget what she was going for there. I mean, everybody said no De Niro, but I wasn't that high on De Niro and the Irish. I didn't think De Niro. I think people kind of oversell the De Niro thing. It's a honestly. Quantity, I mean, he's De Niro. Yeah. He's 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 a Scorsese De Niro classic in that movie. To me, he has okay. the same facial expression. Like I probably just farted the whole movie, and <laughs> I, I'm not a huge fan of it. Even though it's and kind you of get the, a whole three and a half hours of that. Yeah, it, it's a quantity of the same, but it's good. It's all good. It's all De Niro. But I was rooting for Willem Dafoe from The Lighthouse and supporting actor. That didn't happen, dude. The Lighthouse. What? What? Just what, man? I love The Lighthouse. I'm not gonna hark. Lie. Hark! Yeah. I mean, that scene is just—it's going to be an all-timer, I think. I mean, they're just—you know—raving about it on the, the Big Picture podcast, which is like the forerunner in our field here. And I—I I, I can't agree more. Uh, I'm totally in on the Willem Dafoe performance. And then, yeah, he gets nominated last year for At Eternity's Gate, which was just like stick pins in my eyes kind of movie. Ugh. Yeah, and, or even—you uh, know—I—I I love the the Florida Project, mm-hmm. with Sean Baker's movie. You know, sure. Um. But I, I didn't understand the whole Willem Dafoe being nominated for that role. It, yeah, it seems small, so small and weird. It was weird. Like, it, so mediocre. Like <laughs> not like mediocre. It's just like he didn't have enough time to do anything anyway. You yeah, know? there's a few scenes where he's like arguing with his tenants and whatnot, and he's he's doing a few different things. But I, I yeah, yeah, I totally agree. When that was yeah. named as the front runner, I was like, there's no way this is a hands down front runner. And of course. Yeah. Yeah, once in a while, even a blind squirrel finds a nut every now yeah. and again. Well, he I, yelled I, at I those tenants really fucking good. <laughs> he did. <laughs> you know? He did. I mean, in that face yelling at a tenant, I mean, would you fuck around after that face yelled at you? No. I'd seen him in person <laughs> once. And dude, did what you? What a face. Yeah, at, at a film festival. And the dude is as distinct uh, a, t- a person, as you'll see in the crowd, you can't miss him. Willem no, Dafoe is there. Willem Dafoe gets it. the attention in the room. <laughs> it's just that face. And it was, was right actually, around Spider-Man time, so was, he was finishing. Or he was doing Spider-Man. Oh God, stuff. yeah. Uh, it's it was, like skinny, scary Willem Dafoe. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. I was. I was actually listening to you guys' podcast the other day, and you guys were talking about. Um, God, who was it? Uh, Michael Shannon. Somebody saw Michael Shannon on a Gabriel, subway. Yeah. John yeah, Gabers used to ride yeah. with Michael Shannon on the subways and said he looked like, you know, uh, you know, wearing, uh, like Hunter uh, S. Thompson. Yeah, Hunter S. Thompson yeah. from the Rum Diaries or something. Hawaiian shirts and long socks. And yeah, the guy's like six foot five, so he's another one you can't miss. So yeah, that's <laughs> no. wild. I mean, these these people are, are on the big screen for a reason. They're so distinct and, and unique looking. Yeah. So uh back on this uh Golden Globe thing, the one thing I wanted to ask you about, I will tell you well, I'll tell you right now, okay. I'm going to be a bit of a fanboy here, okay? Okay, cool. I am a huge Shia LaBeouf fan, oh, big time. Loved him in uh, the, the new movie he has. What is that? Remind me. Oh, God, I just saw Honey it the Boy? other night. Honey Boy, thank you. Yeah, Loved yeah. him in Honey Boy. I think it's absolutely crazy that he's not getting nominations. Uh, me too. I, I mean, that scene in the it's, bathroom. It's unru- oh my god, dude! It's unreal. Where he like holds it in the whole scene, and at the end of the, this is coming out wrong because I just said it was a scene in the bathroom. But he holds it in the whole scene, and then at <laughs> yeah, the end, yeah. just an explosion. Again, yeah. you're gonna take that wrong, folks. But it's really emotional. It's not necessarily literal. <laughs> yeah, no, you gotta you gotta see it to believe it, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I hope no that actually you see know that movie now. And yeah. I, I think that movie, I, I drove 300 and 
40 miles to go watch that movie. And then I drove all the way back <laughs> the same day. It's it's one of those movies that are, that's worth it, though. I mean, because it, it hits you on a personal note no matter what. Because we all have, you know, relatives or dads or that male authority figure that uh, gets on us from time to time. And, and, and it's totally relatable, even without the, you know child acting, you know, commiserations. But uh, my God, I, I thought uh, Hedges was great in that. And the kid, Noah Jupe, there's all three Noah of them. Noah Jupe is amazing in that film. Yeah, I always call him Jupe. Yeah, it is Jupe, Jupe. but uh, <laughs> Jupe. Uh, Noah Jupe. <laughs> I mispronounce all of the best young actor nominees every year. And then eventually I'll, I'll, I'll you know, Brooklyn, that girl. Yeah, I don't remember her name now. Sarah She's got a, Sersha, Sersha Ronan. Sersha Ronan. Sersha, yeah. I don't even spell her name correctly because I used to try to. You Soiree. I'm not even sure how they was, came up with that. I thought it was Soiree. I thought that was how you spelled Soiree, like a party. Forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Forever. I thought, like, yeah. wow, that's a cool name. Soiree Ronan. <laughs> yeah. no, party Ronan. Sersha Ronan. <laughs> and I misspell it on all our docs now because <laughs> I have to. Otherwise, I'll, I'll say Soiree like a, like a dickweed. But uh, <laughs> I know, isn't that funny how some, I got a friend that he always says, uh, he calls Hugh Jackman, Jack Human. Jack Human. Yeah. Dane Bramage. Your friend I is just, Dane Bramage. <laughs> yeah. And I just, he used to do that. He was my roommate for a long time. And he used to say that every time I brought up Hugh Jackman, mm. and I accidentally started saying Jack Human in public and I didn't even notice. <laughs> some people are looking at, I'm like talking about the Logan coming out and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know Jack Human's in it? And they're like. Who the hell is that? Dude, now you'll be on a roll in a podcast in the future. I'm prophesying here. And you'll be like Jack Human. You'll say it not once but twice in the same like rant. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, you'll in post, you'll be like, what the hell was oh, I talking shit. about? That, but you'll curse hey your Hey, guys, do you think we could re-record that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. But, you know, and on this Golden Globe list, too, mm-hmm. there's getting a lot of stuff about the uh, no female nominees for right. uh, writer, uh, director. You know, I can't really say, I know that Al- Alma, back to Honey Boy, I know that Alma Harrell did a really good job with Honey Boy. Awesome um, job. It's an incredible job. I mean, I, I think that it plays out perfectly um, as far as time, too. I think if the movie had been another five, ten minutes, it would have been too long. But it's just really laid out exactly how it should be done. And yeah, I think I'm- she did, she was, she was the person to tell that story for him, you know what I mean? Oh, totally. Uh, I mean, she commiserated with him while he was, I mean, listen to the uh, Awards Chatter podcast, folks. Scott Feinberg over there, luckily, is a friend of the show. I don't know why. He's like the biggest Oscarologist out there, but he just, you know, we asked him and he said yes, somehow. He came on our show. He's going to come again this year. And he he talked to uh, Shia LaBeouf. What a conversation that was because, you know, Alma Harrell was like friends with Shia, you know, throughout their, uh, you know, their, 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 their 20s, right? And then she reaches out to him there, and, she, and and everybody's like, Shia, you got to write this story. And she's like, Shia, you got to write this story. And he yep. writes the story, and my God, it, they they would never have collaborated otherwise. And and then Shia like flipped the tables on her, and she he's like, you got to direct this story. And she's like, I've never directed anything like this. It's a it's a wild wild podcast. I, I you he would is not one of the, know that ever, man. He is one of the like craziest listens uh shia labeouf because he's just so world wise like that guy's like a 90 year old man in a, in a 30 year old <laughs> body the amount of wisdom yeah. he's accrued from having to do the shit that he had to do oh man he's been through it man mm-hmm. just how it goes um let's break into because i know that 
the other female director that we're going to talk about is Greta Gerwig. Yeah. Okay. Greta Gerwig just directed the Little Women movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so I think we should kind of break it down and get into the main part of the show. Um, Sounds good. So Mike and I almost said Mike and Mike. God, Mike and I <laughs> also Mike uh, have been talking about doing this show for a while now. And we figured with the new Greta Gerwig adaptation of Little Women coming out that we should go back and watch the original Little Women from 1994. Is that the actual original? It's not the, the actual, most popular version. Yeah, there's a f- 1949 version I know, and I th- I think there's one more in there. I might be screwing up which is the first one. There might be one from the 30s and then one from 49, but there's there's this is the third major adaptation. And then yeah. there was a couple 2 years ago. There was like a modernization in 28 uh, in 2018 or something and then there was uh, somebody else's version. So there, I think there's been a bunch but uh, the, you know, this, this, Greta Gerwig is. She's no spoilers for for what I'm. No spoilers for you know what I think about this movie really. But <laughs> I don't think I'll be going back to watch those versions. <laughs> well, Greta Gerwig is saying that she's given the definitive version. I mean, she's talking a big game right now, and I believe her after Lady Bird. I, I love Lady Bird. She's she can yeah, direct. She's fan- my God, she's fantastic. Totally. So, so today. For the main part of our show, you know how it goes. We uh, basically pick a movie me and the guest haven't actually seen but have been recommended many a times. Today's movie is Little Women from 1994, directed by Gillian Armstrong, uh, starring Susan Sarandon, Kirsten Dunst, Winona Ryder, and Christian Bale. Uh, it's based on a novel by Louisa May Scott and written for the Alcott, screen yeah. by... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, written written for the screen by Robert uh, Robin Swickard. Swickard, I don't know, but she Maybe. she also also wrote uh, Curious Case of Benjamin Button and uh, Memoirs of a Geisha. If you did not know that, so going into this movie, what do you think? Uh, what 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 are you expecting going into this movie? I think I'm remembering uh, that uh, Memoirs of a Geyser joke from Family Guy right now, but yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think my mother is going to disown me. Like that that was my biggest fear cuz she's the one who recommended this movie to me the most. Like she's not going to speak to me after I review this thing because uh it's like one of her favorite movies, one of her she's read all the books and she can't wait to see the Greta Gerwig movie, but I I did I also read the book heading into tonight, which was something I never thought I would do. And it was Wait, t- did you read did you read the book like Little Women just for yeah. the show or did you read the book a long I, time ago. I am. I just listened to the book la, uh, last week. It took me like two weeks to get through it. Like I said, I, I commute a lot for the for the for work. Oh and, yeah, yeah. So I always got audiobooks and podcasts on. This year, I'm trying to read all of the adapted screenplay nominees. I've already read the Jojo Rabbit and the Irishman. I think this is going to get nominated for best adapted screenplay. So I'm, I, I've taken a leap of faith, and I, I, so far I got three of uh, of the books read. And I think there's going to be the Two Popes is going to be a play that was adapted, and then A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, maybe maybe the other one that's just an article which I already read too. So I'm trying to do my homework because Mike doesn't read in his spare time. <laughs> it's not that he can't read; read. he just doesn't. <laughs> Okay. He refuses because he's yeah. got to read boring shit on the job all day every day. So you, yeah, of well, you know, and let's let's you know we got to keep it straight for him because we know that yeah, he can't th- speak this was, for himself this book right was now. Hard to like, 
Yeah, this book was hard to uh, focus on. Like, I would perk up when there was some conflict, and I, I would yeah. love it. And then, otherwise, it kind of lost me here and there. Like, I saw shit in the movie that I was like, oh, I can't say that yet. Let me go back. Like, I'll probably see <laughs> shit in the movie that I'm, you know... Uh, it doesn't matter. I don't Basically, you guys, we're we're recording this thing on on okay. Skype. We've both seen the movie. <laughs> we both. I was seen gonna it lie for us. I know. The, uh... <laughs> it's fine. We were gonna try to keep the format of the show, but let's okay. let's let's just break down the barriers for this Mike and Mike and Oscar freaks on film episode. Right. We, we both seen one. it. Yes, we saw this one. <laughs> I, I, so. I did just watch it though. Like I literally shut it off like a half hour ago before recording. So <laughs> okay, I, right I on for a second time there. Yeah, no, I. Uh, so I, going into it, I had grown up with oh, man. I had two sisters and two stepsisters. Oh, wow, and yeah, wow. You so tell me, up I was the only women. dude. You, the modernization, dude, dude. Did I? <laughs> oh my god! But. Uh, you know, I remember them watching this movie, and it was like, I, I was, dude, I've always loved movies, mm-hmm. you know? But, you know, when you're younger, I mean, even when you're now, you know, like, especially when you get older, you kind of draw the line. Like, I see stuff that I'm like, you know, I, I don't have any interest in that. I'm just not going to see it. Whether people say it's amazing or not, like, I, sometimes I just like, like Waves. Waves just came out. People are giving it praise. I Waves just is don't. Good. I just haven't, I just have zero yeah, I don't know. I just don't want to see it. It just doesn't look that great to me. Well, here's the but, thing about Waves. Waves has great cinematography, so no matter what, you'll like that. Sterling oh, K. Yeah. Brown is phenomenal. Kevin Harrison, Taylor Russell, phenomenal. Probably going to be in my top fives this year in terms of performances. But I don't know if you like coming-of-age movies, but this is like a coming-of-age movie that goes off the rails. And it's it's kind of worth it in that regard if, if you like uh, if you like those. So uh, I give you a little more because I, I love the wave. So FYI, you might, yeah, you might I've seen like I've waves. seen I've seen about uh, thirty five minutes of it because it's playing at my theater. <laughs> okay, it's, so. it's got to be a hard. You have to immerse yourself in that one. Yeah, it looked like one something that I would just. Yeah, it wasn't a good like. I'm gonna check out 30 minutes of this and leave. No, kind of that's the wrong movie to dip in and out. That's for sure. Okay, that <laughs> yeah. makes sense. Now. So anyway, but they would. My sisters and them. They I know remember specifically. We had a VHS of this movie at my dad's house, and they would watch this movie. And this was one of those ones. I was like, no, nope, I'm gonna go back and reorganize my basketball car- my basketball cards or football cards or whatever the hell I had at the time. <laughs> I'm gonna go play some GameCube or something. You know what I mean? I'll watch a movie later. But, uh, yeah, I've just never had any desire to watch this film. All right, so even though we told you guys we already watched the film, I'm still not going to break format. So right (laughs) now, we're going to go watch the movie, and we'll be right back. Sure, let's go. All right. (laughs) Okay, we watched it. (laughs) All right. So, Mike, uh, what what do you think about the – what do you think about Little Women from 1994? I think I love talking about movies the second after I shut them off, number one. I think... Uh, <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. I think a lot of things. I think uh, I think there's a lot of saliva in the movie. I don't know if you noticed that. Like, Christian Bale. It's, it's a very mouthy movie. It's like it's a lot of saliva. Like, pet, I have pet peeves. I don't want to see teens. I can work with teens. I don't want to see teens kissing. I mean, especially yeah. teens kissing, well, 22-year-olds kissing 43-year-old guys. It's like, oh. Yeah. So that, I, that was my number one takeaway. A lot of saliva. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of saliva. My thing was, you know, and when I started this movie and I started watching, I knew like this is not this is not the movie for me. I knew that. 
You know what I mean? And it used to be my line. You were talking about lines before. Like, Pride and Prejudice is now my line because I've never watched or read anything Pride and Prejudice. Little Women used to be in that group. But I, yeah. you know, I'm glad. I'm glad I watched it, though. I, I feel like a better human being. Like, don't don't we feel like better human beings now that we watched it? Kind of. <laughs> a little <laughs> no. more well-rounded. No, I feel, I feel better. I feel better as, like, you know, somebody that watches cinema and people have told me to watch this movie over and over. I feel better... Going into Greta Gerwig's movie now, in a way. Oh, yeah. So I um, wanted to talk to you about that. Like, what is she going to do? Like, apparently, she's got, like, a flashback structure, which totally makes sense to me because, like, the beginning of the movie, like, the first half hour, I don't need it. Like, I, j- I need, like, two moments dude, of it. Right? I tell me about it. Like, okay, so when we're talking about, like, the Kirsten Dunst thing, then yeah. just, like, all of a sudden she's just, like, older. You're like, what, what, the, what the hell just happened? Everybody you know? in this movie ages. Uh, I'm sorry, nobody in this movie ages except for Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst. <laughs> yeah, it's the trippiest thing. I actually had to rewind the movie because I thought I had. I thought there was a new character in the movie. I was like, "What? Wait, what the? What the hell just happened?" Right. I went to the bathroom and I come back and now there's there's this new chick. You yeah, know? Patrick Bateman is kissing the girl from American Psycho, and I'm like, "Wait, what, this doesn't happen for until 1999. I don't know what's going on here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly, man. And ah, yeah, there was a lot of weird things in this movie. I there was a the language in the movie. It seemed to me to be overly written with the dialogue. Like the dialogue yeah. was just so out there. Like, oh, it's exquisitely ma, you know, like a <laughs> little, little too much exquisitely thrown it's around a little here and there. Early eighteen hundreds, I would say. Yeah, I mean, it, it dates it's, itself a bit. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it seems like what we what we think exactly would be like of an over exaggeration of how they talked. That being said, um, there's some good quotes in here. Like, there's a quote about reading. Oh, I'm gonna scroll down. I wrote it down. Some books are so familiar that reading them is like being home again. I thought that was a great quote. I was like, yeah. you know, so sometimes you get those pearls in here as well. No, dude. Ah, oh, man. What was this? There's another one. Yeah, when, when uh, yeah, spoiler alert, even <laughs> though this isn't really a podcast for people that are, you know, avoiding spoilers, but Beth dying and she says, why does everyone uh, want to go away when she loves being home? Mm. But I don't like being left behind, but now I'm going ahead. And I'm like, uh, oh, f- oh, shit. <laughs> I'm like, wow, little women. <laughs> I, I, I felt packing, for... You're packing a big punch for these little women. I felt for Beth, poor, poor Beth. Oh, I mean, yeah. Having her Mary Poppins moment out the window there. That was sad. I mean, the, here's what was cool about this movie. Like, you see all these great actors when they're young, and you can tell, like, Claire Danes has got a whole career of ugly crying in front of her. Like, she's good at it then. She'll be good at it on Homeland 20 years from from now, from that point. And she's been awkward and ugly crying ever since. Go, go Claire Danes. Great job. Yeah, totally. And, you know, there's some stuff in this movie. What did you, what did you like about the movie? Mostly, I liked more things than I expected. Number one, I think I, I eventually came around to loving the characters and rooting hard for the characters. When Joe sells her hair to get her mother's plane, t- uh, not plane ticket, train ticket, 
I, I, I was yeah. like, that's heroic because she doesn't want to cut her hair. And back then it was a whole st- status symbol. So when she does that, like I'm totally in. And then, you, you know, what they stand for is really good. I mean, they're charitable. They're abolitionists. They're, they're uh, you know, women's rights advocates. Later on in yep. the movie, there's a great women's suffrage moment. And, and back then it was like, you know, innovative stuff. <laughs> 1850. Yeah. I mean, think about it. I mean, this movie was like ahead of its time, which is insane uh, to think about. But uh, yeah, there's there's moments where like she wins me over with the with the characters. And I I absolutely have this rooting interest. And that's that's what you need in a movie. I wish they established it a little earlier. Like, I think Greta Gerwig is going to get it right in the sense that if she has flashbacks to like those two necessary essential moments in the first act, that's all you need. Like, start, let's cut that out. Like, if somebody was editing this movie, I mean, I've been a screenwriter for a while. If you're editing this this story, I totally agree with she, what she's going to do. Like, give me those two essential moments in flashbacks, but start more towards the middle of this thing. Yeah, I agree that I think she'll be able to handle it a little bit better as far mm. as timeline and stuff. There's some weird stuff in this movie, man. I'm like I'm trying to think of the stuff that I like the most. I do like Winona Ryder in this movie a lot. Um, I like the scenes a lot with Christian Bale. Um, I always think you need more Susan Sarandon. Am I right? I, I think Susan Sarandon is criminally underused in this movie. I mean, she it's, was. It's, it's it's a disgrace. She was crushing it in her career at this point, from Bull Durham to the the movie with Sean Penn, where she probably won the Oscar. Dead Man Walking. Dead Man Walking, thank you. Uh, I mean, she was so good in so many movies. We reviewed her in Thelma and Louise early on in the podcast on MMO. One of the most talented actresses going, and all she has really is that one scene with Beth when she leaves the bed for Joe returning, which was the only real Oscar scene that she had in that film. Uh, Laura Dern's going to have to have more. More. And I think I mean, that a girl was going to give dude, it to her. How messed up was the scene where like Joe goes to bed and she's scared that like Beth's going to die and she like goes down, but she's not dead. Like she's just like the cat's on the bed and she's just sitting there oh, eating. Cruel. Like I that was, was cruel. It was, that's a cruel twist. I don't know. If, I don't remember if that happened in the book or not, but basically the maid is just like weeping, just like just yeah. in her pans outside the door. Uh, and, and then, you know, Joe's rushing in thinking she's dead she's, already. Yeah. I was like, I thought that that was a little, it was a little brutal. Like it was a bit much. It totally a bit much, but still, this movie doesn't make you suffer for that long. I mean, you think about no, it. If they bring all. up, if they bring up a conflict, like it's resolved, the scene later, like you have Kirsten Dunst burning her novel. Oh my God, I hate you forever, which is the worst thing you could do to a young writer. Burn her first novel. My God, so that kid is terrible. And then in the next scene, the kid falls in the ice with Christian Bale saving her. Yeah, and yeah. All right, they're they're in bed and everybody's warm and cozy and everybody's happy again. And then of course, you know. Like, like like you just said, the whole Claire Danes, the first whiff of death in that moment. It, this movie is very Downton Abbey in that way. Like you'll solve, you know, the assassination attempt upon the King of England. You'll solve that within five minutes. They're not going to string you along very long. For, for I think yeah, and I, and I think long. there's a good story here. You know what I mean with mm-hmm. good characters, but it's just not to me. It's just like a bland execution. Uh, they're going to de-emphasize the whole, all the marriage plots, I would guess, and have those like a. Secondary. I don't know, man. You didn't like. You didn't like. Uh, what's up? You know, we get Christian Bale who goes after mm-hmm. Josephine, and she tells. I love it because they just tell you what's going to happen. 
You know, yeah. he's like, oh, you're not going to kiss me, so you're going to fall in love with somebody else eventually, and that's you'll the get weirdest, married to them. And then it's the weirdest and then, love triangle ever, right? Yeah. And then he goes off. She goes off to New York, mm. finds this other writer dude, falls in love with him, and then she comes back home, and Christian Bale is married to Kirsten Dunst, grown up. Even though they used to hang out like when she was like five. It's bizarre. Like it, it is. Like, it's creepy. Than, it's creepy. You're absolutely right. It's not creepy, just, man. It's not just frowned upon. It's it's totally, it, it's probably illegal, you know, uh, for what Christian Bale <laughs> did there. He groomed her for Christ's yeah. sake. But I mean, I, there's I a I just line. love it. He's like, oh, meet my wife. He's like, yeah, remember that time you want to kiss me by the fence post? <laughs> yeah. But How's there's a line. This? Remember in the dance? I wrote this down. This is the other great quote from the movie. Christian Bale goes, because remember her hair got on fire and then lost, she lost yeah, yeah. her hair. Oh, my God. And then uh, Christian Bale goes, let me take you home. I hear you're completely bald in front. <laughs> I was like, what the oh fuck? my God. <laughs> That's not made for a modern context. But even 1994, come on, people. Like, Christian Bale is just, like, subtextually a pedophile. This whole movie. This whole yeah. movie with everything he says. There's, but. there's, yeah, no, it's, you know, and he's good. Before, honestly, I told you this before, too. Mm-hmm. Before we got into this movie, I had no idea Christian Bale was even in it. Right. And, you know, he's, he's, I think he's really good in this movie for like what he is, for who he is. I think, I think he whispers too much of his dialogue in like the big scene, but here's what he does do what better do than I've, yeah, <laughs> better than anybody else I've seen in a while. He gets first date face correct. Like when we're on first dates and I'm still out there dating, like I can't yeah. imagine what my face looks like. It probably is just like wide eyed. I'm, I'm red faced. I got all these, uh, you know, horrified perceptions of myself. But he gets first date face so right. Like he's when when they're at the dance, he's like, oh shit, that oh shit face. Great job, Christian. Bale. I think I think next time you're on a first date, Mike, I think you should. <laughs> if you're sitting there and you don't know what your face looks like, I think you should just tell her or whoever it is on the on the date and just say, hey. I got a question. Do I look like Christian Bale from Little Women right now? <laughs> I'll probably get a response. <laughs> yeah. That might seal the deal. That might be it. That might that might really, really help me. <laughs> I appreciate you know, I, putting that in my brain. I had a I had a note that I wrote down in here. This is this is a crazy thing, but I just thought it would be fun to ask you. Okay. So in the movie, Kirsten Dunst is going to school and she is telling her parents. Oh. Or her telling the girls that she's not cool. Like people are bringing limes to school. Like huh. it's a cool thing to do. You remember that? I do not remember that. I've never okay. s- seen anybody bring a lime to school. No. So she's telling she's telling them that like it's only okay. cool she brings limes to school. Like as a cool thing to do. Like you bring them and you like trade them or whatever. Who wants I, to I'm eat surprised. a lime? And what? I don't know. Century. I think it's a cool. The way I think of it is, I remember <laughs> when I was in like middle school, like people had those Listerine pocket packs, and they were like the little strips, oh. and they'd be like, "Oh, oh, yeah, dude, can I have one of those?" But can she's like nothing, seven. Nothing. I there. know, man. It's not like but, a makeout, you know, stick of gum or something, pack of gum. Maybe they're maybe I, that. I just thought it was cool. It's like people were like dealing Listerine pocket pack strips <laughs> in high school. In the 1800s, you, know? you probably died in your 40s. So maybe yeah. who knows? Maybe they were making out back in, when they were eight years old. So uh, was it? I'm curious. When you went to school, was there anything like that at, abs- at growing up? Oh God! Well, when I like was weird in school, things that people were bringing to school that other kids wanted. 
there were Star Wars figures. There was like Tamagotchis. There was like Pokemon shit. There was yeah, it was that kind of thing. I I, I okay. was never that cool. Any uh, sort of food or edible? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Absolutely. I just found that I just found that really weird. That's in the beginning of the movie. It's just weird. It is really it's weird. It's the most out of context, craziest <laughs> thing ever. Go back and watch this movie just for that reason. <laughs> that is so. bizarre. I, I think uh that that little girl, Kirsten Dunst, uh I think she would have gotten her father in a lot of fights with teachers. You know, so I can't imagine like a teacher hitting a kid. And this used to happen all the time. Just like teacher beats the yeah, shit out like, of you. Smack. Oh <laughs> yeah. my God. Can you imagine if that was still happening nowadays? Like the amount of dads and moms that would just go after school and just kick the crap out of you did what to my kid? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, I can't imagine. It, I, just, I, it just pulls me back to Robert De Niro from The Irishman. Definitely, except much better. That's the worst scene in that movie. My God, Mike and I just <laughs> killed it. I mean, he can't move his torso. All he can move is from like the elbows down and the, and the <laughs> knees down. So he's just, yeah. uh, it, it's the goofiest. He looks like an 85-year-old man in that scene. They, they, I can't believe they allowed that to, to get in the movie because it looks just like a mummy, like a mummy kicking at me. How wimpy do you have to be to get beat up? By freaking, you know, mummy Robert De Niro, and that's me. <laughs> it's, so, it's so true, man. So, on other, oh, I'm trying to think here on this. I the one thing I did like that I mm. got from this movie is I was talking earlier about the dialogue being a little over, a little overkill for me, mm. at least at least for the style, like trying to trying to fit the time. And I actually dig this because I got this, and they said. Don't be such a ninny penny, and I was like, oh, I want to use that. <laughs> don't be, bitch. Ninny yeah, don't pennies. be a ninny penny. Ninny you pennies tell, get stitches. You tell Mike that. Yeah, <laughs> ninny pennies have bronchitis. No. Right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, he's a total ninny penny right now. No, but I think he's ready for tomorrow, so I don't want to jinx it Dude, at this point. I'm, I'm stoked, man. Hopefully, I want to have you guys both on here again. Well, yeah, not yeah, again, definitely for the first time, technically. So. But, but I, over, you know, to, I mean, I put the obituary on this thing. I mean, I think like there's some conflicts that worked here. Like I like the whole Joe and uh, Laurie Lawrence. I like that back and forth. I like the whole writer thing with Joe. Like she's finding her voice and she's writing in genre fiction that, uh, you know, Gabriel Burns telling her, don't write genre fiction, write about your life. I mean, that was cool. Even though she doesn't fucking write little women in, in the it book was, of little women. Yeah. It was, right. you know, I, I got to a point in this movie where I didn't think we were watching Little Women. I thought we were watching Little Winona Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, like the movie really gets to a point where it's just like not really about Little Women no more. In the book, she is a tall, gawky, ugly person. And apparently, That's not this. Right. I mean, this is a, a beautiful young girl who's every guy in the movie, to their credit, like when she walks down a hallway at the inn where she's like uh, being the nanny, like all the guys are like ogling her and catcalling her. So at least it makes sense. You know, she's 22 and they're, they're catcalling her like a jerks. But I mean, in, in the book, she's not like this, uh, you know, this popular girl. So that, that's a different, whole different spin on it. But they're, they're not going to get that right with Saoirse Ronan either because Saoirse Ronan's, of course, is, you know, beautiful. I mean, world-class beauty. So yeah. I don't know if they'll you ever You got her name right, right, too. 
Soiree Ronin, yes. Soiree. Soiree Ronin. But, yeah. uh, I, you know, so I'm curious what Greta's going to do. I mean, she's got to lean into the whole writing plot line. She's got to lean into the, uh, you know, the love triangle a little bit, like as maybe a B plot. But I think it's going to be more about, like, her professional life, which I'm into. Like, I, I wanted to see more of that in this movie, you know? Yeah, no, I, I hope that that comes about. I mean, I certainly don't hope that we get Timothy Chalamet dating the younger sister as she magically gets older. <laughs> See, you know they better I mean? age up Timothy Chalamet, correct? And they better not give him a fucking Three Musketeers beard like they gave Bale in this movie. That was the worst, <laughs> dude. It's so weird. Yeah, <laughs> so bad. He, like that's when he goes up to the aunt in the movie. And he's like, "Oh yeah, you're looking splitted." She's like, "I wish I could say the same for you." And I thought, "Yeah, that mustache, you freak." <laughs> the aunt Meryl Streep is gonna play the shit out of that aunt, uh, Aunt Marge or whatever her name is. She plays the shit out of everything. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely, man. Can't wait. So overall, four little women. Mm-hmm. Mike, also Mike. Do you think that under the recommendation that people give everybody to watch this movie, do you think that you should take your time another day to watch this movie? So I think if you love landscaping, you love pretty New England landscapes, which I do. I, I'm in New England right now. I think this is like pornography for you because like the settings, the production design, it's gorgeous. If you love period pieces, it's gorgeous and and there's no doubt about it. I think you can skip the first 30 minutes of the movie. Like there's no reason for it. Uh, But the movie does grab me later. Obviously, I think the performances are good enough. Like it's probably like a C plus B minus though. I mean, it wasn't an, an Oscar movie back when. So it, it, it fell short in 94, and that was a great year, 94. Pulp Fiction, Shawshank Redemption, what a year that was, the Forrest Gump. So it made sense that it fell short, but it, it's it's fine. I think if you want something light, it's one of those movies. Like That's what my mom always tells me. She's like, I just need something light. I don't want the conflict every second, you know, of yeah, that's, stuff that's, she watches. That's funny you say that. It's like my my dad, he, he likes that kind of stuff. You know, he's not into the whole violent stuff which actually this is the greatest i was leaving uh work yesterday mm-hmm. and he's, he's like i just love saying this because it's fantastic and <laughs> i knew i knew it was coming and he he was like oh so what are you doing tonight and i was like well i'm uh gonna go home and i'm gonna drink a beer and i'm gonna watch little women <laughs> <laughs> he, he was like you're gonna do what you're gonna do what <laughs> what bet did lo- you lose <laughs> yeah exactly man <laughs> So for things like that, I think this is great for me. Um, oh, we did I, on the, it. I on the other hand, no, we did it. I, I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that if somebody gives you this recommendation for this movie, that uh, you'll necessarily have to. I don't think you're going to lose anything if you don't take the time to go mm-hmm. watch it. Um, I think you know. I agree with you. If you like the landscape, like the the movie shot pretty well for the landscaping stuff and the. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, but that's just not enough for me, personally. I I almost wish that I went in clean to Greta Gerwig's version, but here's the problem with that. Like, I would have hated this ten times more, because Greta Gerwig's going to do something really strong with it, right? Even if it's not a masterpiece Oscar movie, who knows? It's on the fringe right now. But, like, I would have hated this so much more than I do now. Like, I had no expectations going into this because I'm, you know, I'm such a, you know, a a guy's guy or whatever. But I'm almost a film bro if I didn't watch so many movies. But I'm, like, going into uh, Greta Gerwig's movie, now I I have, you know, upside for it. 
and I'm, I'm going to be refreshed by it because it's going to be better than this one. Oh, completely. I'm, I, I personally, I think I could have just gone to Greta Gerwig's. I could have, but yeah. even now I'm going to have such, uh, <laughs> such a bigger appreciation for her talent <laughs> and what totally. she's done with it. So if she makes it, I mean, think about it. If she makes it like just, you know, one scene after another that's just electric. I mean, she's one of the best out there. Um, it's a high degree of difficulty because there's just not a whole lot of conflict in this film. And, it, and like I said, it resolves itself so fast. So she's really got a tough job in terms of the adaptation. So I'm rooting for her. Excellent. So I guess this is this is uh, this is where we leave you guys. Mike says, mm-hmm. if you uh, if you want to see some good landscapes, <laughs> you should watch <laughs> Little Women. Totally. Um, I, on the other hand, I don't think you're going to get too much out of it. I think that you guys should definitely go to the theater this Christmas and watch Greta Gerwig's, Greta Gerwig's version of Little Women. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that about wraps us up. Uh, I want to thank Mike for being on the show today. Uh, oh, if you thank guys, you. Want, yeah, no, you guys are the best. They, these guys help me out a ton. Honestly, if you guys can take the time out of your day. Go check them out. Go check them out on Twitter. What's your guys' Twitter? It's we're at MM and Oscar on Twitter, and we're Mike, Mike, and Oscar on everywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. You can just do hashtag MMO. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, they got four episodes a week. They're coming up hot on all this uh, award seasons, you know, Golden Globes, Oscars. They're going to be covering it all. Uh, stuff mm-hmm. that you're not going to find on the show here. Uh, please go check that out. Also, um, want to give a shout out to our sponsor movie madness uh here in portland oregon uh home of eighty thousand plus videos you can rent if you liked uh the track today you can go rent little women once i take it back and return it uh or you can just go check it out they got a bunch of uh movie memorabilia there you can even if you're not there for a movie they serve beer you can check out their new screening room um so shout out to movie madness uh so last but not least mike thank you so much for being on the show today this was a lot of fun. I, I, I knew we were going to have fun talking about this uh, and listening oh, to yeah. the show. Uh, but this, yeah, this, this exceeded my expectations. This is a lot of fun to talk about. And, and thanks for talking about all that other cool stuff uh, before, beforehand because that got me ready to finally record with my long-lost co-host, Mike One, tomorrow. So I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And uh, I wish uh, Mike the best. Thank Hopefully you. Hopefully he's feeling better. And uh, look forward to hearing you guys on your uh, new podcast coming up this week. Yep, we'll we'll get after it. Appreciate it, man. Yep, thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you soon.